0: Um, So let's dive into your music a little bit. Uh, So you went to the University of Waterloo for music. Was that sort of always your plan growing up? Like, did you know you wanted to study music professionally?
1: Yeah, it's this strange thing of it almost didn't even seem like an option. It was just that, yeah, I'm going to go to school for music and Mm -hmm. that's going to be what happens. There was never any plan B of what else I would study or any other thought that, entered into my mind it was like yeah you're gonna go to school for music yes. <laughs> so that was kind of the plan all along for sure and University of Waterloo was a great program for me because um, I kind of wanted to stay local but I didn't necessarily want to go through an opera program mm-hmm. so University of Waterloo offered the classical training but I still got to take some drama classes and explore some other parts of my voice at the same time too so I really enjoyed that experience
0: for sure definitely yeah so you now are performing as as a jazz singer were you able to um were you sort of working on that when you were in school or was it sort of a a passion on the side where it was like okay I'm getting this classical training but I I'm exploring jazz songs and jazz techniques uh sort of outside of that how did that sort of come about? Yeah, exactly.
1: It was that kind of situation of I'm really enjoying this classical training, but my heart has always been with jazz. It's the music that I listened to growing up and that I always felt in my heart was what I wanted to be singing. It's not exactly what naturally came out of my voice at first (laughs) i was this soprano singer who grew up in choirs and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like what are you talking about you want to be a jazz singer people would kind of say that to me like that doesn't make sense you're a soprano who sings super high (laughs) but um (laughs) so i kind of had to earn my stripes and relearn how to sing in that technique and Mm -hmm. take take songs down some keys and that kind of thing but i knew that that's where my heart was not what I wanted to be doing and my voice teacher was great about that she kind of I think knew that you know she let me do some musical theater pieces and mm-hmm. I at my grad recital I did a jazz song and like no one else ever did that they were all doing like the Mozart of yeah. you know the Schubert so uh it was great I had some support
0: all along that journey for sure Yeah, that's so, so special. Um, So then after graduation, um, were you finding that you were able to pursue music full time? Or was it sort of like a balancing act of maybe like a non related music day job and then gigging and performing in the evenings? Like, it can be incredibly difficult to become a working musician sort of right out of, of school. Well, you know, cause I know your brother, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: have one close to you. Who's mm-hmm. like one of us. Um, yeah. You know, I, I did go to teacher's college mm-hmm. that was kind of, but I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm always the outcast. I was the one student at teacher's college who didn't want a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want, I was pursuing it for the sole purpose of having a side gig mm-hmm. to have some income while I built up doing music full time. So I did do that. And, I worked for a few years just doing supply teaching mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, going into music classes when I could because that was I enjoyed doing that a lot. Yeah. Um, and then slowly transitioning out of that into the full time musicing thing as my private studio grew and as the gigs started to come in more and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's really quite an incredible accomplishment to be able to be a, a working musician full time, uh, what, what is some advice that you might give to someone that is wanting to pursue music and find a way to make that, um, you know, their regular gig?
1: If you feel like you want to be a full time musician, you will find a way to do it. I think there's always mm-hmm. a way to work towards that. I would say a, a working artist doesn't have to be doing just music all the time right? Like you Mm -hmm. can be working on something else and working another job and still call yourself an artist and find a way to balance it and slowly kind of move away. Maybe from what you're doing primarily, it is hard. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat it and say this, oh, it's so much fun. And if you're doing what you love, you won't work a day in your life. I don't believe that phrase at all. I feel like I work really hard (laughs) and it feels like work. It does not feel like fun all the time, but, um, You know, at the same time, I think the people that I know who are making it work can't really imagine doing something else. So they find Mm -hmm. a way to do it. And if your passion is that strong and you're working on your art and you're working on continually improving yourself and putting yourself out there and, you know, making those connections, you'll find a way to
0: make it happen. Wonderful. Yeah, and you, you certainly have done that yourself. I see that you're playing a, a ton of, of local shows regularly, playing at the Jazz Room, of course, Lana's Lounge, performing with the KW Symphony, um, and then some places you know outside of the Kitchener-Waterloo area as well. Um, what's been one of your favorite places to perform at over the years? Uh, I know the Jazz Room is definitely that holiday favorite. Has there been another venue that sort of stood out for you? I mean, locally, the jazz room
1: is just such a great space. It's always been a great space. It really values musicians and is such a supportive venue for both our local community and the just the North American jazz scene, to be honest. We get amazing acts Mm -hmm. coming through that space. So I would say that and the Registry Theater in Kitchener are my favorites. Um, Mm. The director of programming at the Registry, Lawrence McNaught, is a huge amazing champion of the arts and he was one of the first people to you know when you're sending out all those emails and trying to network and you know you're thinking no one's ever going to reply to this like you know (laughs) and he was one of the first people i was just wrapping up teachers college and kind of looking to reroute again and you know get going on the gigging circuit and he was one of the first people to respond and offer me a job and i'll never forget that and he continues to be just such uh, a beacon of light in this community for established musicians and for up and coming musicians and, and artists of all kinds, actors, you know, everything, you name it, he's amazing. And that space is a really lovely, intimate theater too. We're so Mm -hmm. lucky to have that space. So I'd say those two, but um, probably my all time favorite was when I got to go to New York City and perform Um, off Broadway, technically we were on at, um, yeah, at this venue called symphony space, which was so funny Mm -hmm. because I got married in New York and our hotel was right across the street from this venue. And I thought, Oh, that'd be fun to play there one day thinking that's (laughs) never going to happen. And then two years later, this gig came up and where was it? At symphony space (laughs) across the street. Uh. So
0: that's just one of those moments where you're like is pretty cool sometimes <laughs> yeah 100 oh that's amazing yeah and yeah fantastic places to perform locally and and it's amazing that you've been able to to travel as well and do some of those shows share your music with uh with people across the country and across the continent
1: it's very exciting it's very i love being kind of known as the local artist but it's also really yeah. fun to be able to branch out and sing
0: for an
1: audience that's never heard of you and it's a total surprise, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so you released your debut album in 2017. So I guess three, four, let me think, three, five years ago now. Wow. I remember actually when it first came out, I remember hearing it on the radio, I think maybe on the CBC Morning Show. Yep. And, and uh, I remember hearing that thing. Oh, I, I remember Mary Catherine. We used to sing at church together. Yeah. <laughs> and I was it was so exciting to hear that you had... Uh, had this album recorded and I was hearing it on CBC. Um how did it feel creating that that first album and releasing it into the world? That was really an amazing time.
1: The mm-hmm. the album came at a time where I uh, as a female jazz musician, this we're going to get into a whole thing here probably, but <laughs> as a That's female okay. jazz musician, you're in, and like so much of the, the music industry, you're in a male dominated industry with mm-hmm. uh, people who have a lot of opinions on what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. And mm-hmm. I had kind of endured a, a few years of that as I was just trying to establish myself and and work through and try to weed out is this good advice is this just someone saying things for the sake of saying things and you know and you're a young person in your 20s trying to navigate all that (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and and thinking well they must know more than me they're so much older and they have so much more experience (laughs) you know all that stuff exactly yeah and when i got to the point of recording the album i was at the point of really being ready to call my own shots and to Mm -hmm. and to make i produced it i well i co-produced it but you know the song selections were my idea the a lot of the arrangements were done either by me or in collaboration with uh, my piano player at the time and Mm -hmm. and so and the title track you're gonna hear from me like the first line of that uh, that song is everyone tells me to know my place but that's not the way I play and that's how I was feeling like I was so resonant with how I was feeling kind of coming out of that time and saying no like no this is me this is what I'm saying and this is my vision and it's not what people have told me or you know so getting to go through that whole process of recording with a band that i loved and then getting to mix it myself and see it come to life and you know send it off to radio stations and that whole doing that whole journey for the first time was really really exciting and Mm -hmm. gratifying
0: so i look back on that album with a lot of fondness yeah yeah that's wonderful yeah we play it on midtown radio regularly it's in a few of our different rotations at different points of the day a lot in our sort of evening mix and a few in our little coffee house mix in the afternoons as well um it's it's so so beautiful um what were some things that when you when you finished that album and you were sort of thinking like okay what comes next um you know what were sort of the thoughts going through your head of like what project comes next after after that debut album?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think from there, I turned more to live performing again. Yeah. And uh, started working on a lot of themed concerts. So uh, stuff started coming my way. Like someone asked me again, actually Lawrence at the registry saying, can you put together a concert of Leonard Bernstein music, which mm. was, really exciting because i got to go back to my classical roots a little bit and infuse it with jazz stuff and it was a really i felt like for the first time it was this concert that i was kind of showcasing both voices and mm-hmm. so if people had only known me as a jazz singer then they were like oh wow she sings soprano too that's interesting you know <laughs> that kind of thing so of um i was working a lot on projects like that and then um local singer who I know you know Joni Narita and I worked on Mm -hmm. a a project together with the Penderecki String Quartet and for a while like that was all around 2019 and we Mm -hmm. were kind of thinking like do do we move forward and record this stuff or what do we do and then COVID hit yeah (laughs) so um (laughs) that kind of threw everything for a loop but I really enjoyed kind of you know because the album was out and and getting a bit more recognition because i had kind of this calling card now of an album right yeah to move into more concert work and that was the time that i went to new york as well and 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 started working i recorded other projects with um a female composer who's local and who's incredible and that was really nice too to not be the leader on an album and but be the first Mm. to work on original music and you know just kind of be able to show up for the session and not have to carry the load of producing it or (laughs) <laughs> mixing it or anything like that so and i love working on new music i just i love that part of my life too so that was all really mm-hmm. fun so i think i felt a real calling to just keep doing what i was doing and then kind of organically figure out what their when the next album would be and what it would be and all that stuff
0: yeah Wonderful. Well, we're gonna take a quick little break now and uh, listen to one of the songs that is from the new album, the next project. Uh, in the second half of our show, we'll we'll chat more about what happened post-pandemic and sort of how the next album came about but uh, just in November you released a new album called Christmas Live at the Jazz Room and we're going to hear one of your songs from it a cover of What Are You Doing New Year's Eve. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, this song you know why you chose it or or chose the arrangement?
1: Yeah this song we've kind of done at the Christmas shows at the jazz room for a few years. So it was an arrangement we kind of already had in the can. But I wanted to, for the album, make it a bit bluesier and a bit funkier. And so that's kind of what you hear on the track. You hear uh, my sax player, Jason Hunter, who I love, like doing his thing. And it just feels really organic uh, because it's live, right? So it's just the take that happened in that moment. And and when I listened to it and I was working on the album and mixing it, I just really loved the vibe on that track. I thought, wow, like the the energy is just really nice on that on that song. So yeah.
0: Perfect. Well we're gonna hear that now. What are you doing New Year's Eve by Mary Catherine Pizzano and her wonderful band Live at the Jazz Room.